Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Today, I'm joined by uh, just my co-host, Jeff. Uh, Ferg was unable to make it for personal reasons. Uh, if you want to know more about it, we could ask him next time. Uh, maybe he'll feel free to share. But today, uh, we're looking at after the Browns game, the Falcons cut down the roster to 53 people. They have not created the practice squad yet, but I'm really excited to see that. Today, Jeff and I are just going to kind of break down what we saw in the Browns game in relation to this new, the 53-man roster and, and you know who's available, who's surprising to us, you know, what we predicted and, and how it kind of compares. This is where you say something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Damn. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to go through the guys that where we called who's going to make it and where we messed up and our own predictions. So well, let's just start right at the quarterback spot. Um, I knew like early on, I said that Felipe Franks was going to make the roster along with Matt Ryan. Um, I had also predicted that AJ McCarron was going to be on this roster. So three quarterbacks. And I was right in that aspect. Well, you're a fool for thinking AJ McCarron. Everybody knew it was going to be Josh Rosen. <laughs> well, you know, Josh Rosen was kind of a surprise. We didn't know AJ McCarron was going to go down. Falcons signed Josh Rosen. They, they bring him onto the Browns game and he played pretty well. I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, he was very crisp throwing the ball. He hit a lot of the right spots. His big misses were clearly his unfamiliarity with the offense and the players he was playing with. There was def some definite confusion, but that's bound to happen when you've only practiced for three days with guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he like you said, he looked crisp. He looked like decisive. Um, I don't know if you listened to his interview at all, but he came out and said that there was even more. Uh, there was more miscues than you could even tell, and. They asked Arthur Smith, and Arthur Smith said, yeah, we had a, like a small game plan you know, set aside for him, everything that he knew. And then they asked Josh Rose, and they said, hey, like, yeah, Arthur Smith said that there's a game plan set aside. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, and Coach Smith <laughs> tended to divert from the game plan a little bit. He was laughing as he was talking about it and said that um, he would ask him. He'd say, hey, like, are you comfortable with this? And Josh said, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I, I think – I would think Smith felt – a little more comfortable diverting from the game plan for him based on how he was playing. Like he was showing a little more than I think everybody expected. Yeah, I would agree totally. I mean, he was nine of 18 for 118 yards on a touchdown with only three days in that offense. I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't even probably know all the guys names he was playing with. Granted he was playing against, you know, the Browns threes, but still like it was very impressive showing. And I think, he earned a spot to continue to prove what he's got. Yeah, you at least got to see what he looks like when he does know the offense. And it's cool, too, because we're looking at two completely different styles and, and types of quarterbacks. Josh Rosen, you know, he's a first-round pick. Uh, he's shown in the past that he can, you know, make these great throws, uh, make great decisions. And, you know, he hasn't always been in the best situation or best place for him. Yeah, it feels like he just is continually the odd man out. I mean, he got drafted by the Cardinals, and then a, a year in, they fire everybody. He get they get a new head coach, Kyler Murray's the. He's no slouch. Yeah, he's. I mean, you can see why they took him number one, and replaced Rosen. It's not necessarily Rosen's fault. And yeah. then I believe he went to what Miami. Yep, they went to so Miami. You got Tua <laughs> there. Like I, just was that before? I can't remember. Was that before Tua? I'm not sure. I think he went to Miami. And Fitzmagic was the one that kind of took over. 
Okay. Well, it's either way, he just seems to end up in, in spots where he just doesn't get a chance. And, it, and most likely that's the same thing here. Yeah, so he so he, ended, he went to Miami, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, it was really was not a great situation for him. And he really didn't know how to work in the NFL. He goes to Miami, and then Fitzmagic just kind of beats him out. You know, does a better job. Fitzmagic's charisma. He's got the locker room. And that's not the first time Fitzpatrick's done this to Young or any like other players. Uh, he just kind of wins over the locker room and takes over. Then he ends up going from there to the uh, Buccaneers. And he said he learned behind Tom Brady for a little while. And he said it was the best experience he could have ever had. And then from there, he ends up going to the 49ers. Okay. And at the 49ers, like you said, he's just kind of like the odd man out. He was hoping to go and get a chance to learn from Garoppolo for a little bit and then take over the starting spot. But then 49ers jump up and draft Trey Lance. He's just consistently being passed over. Yeah. And maybe there's a reason. Maybe not. I mean, let's see what happens. I love, like I said, I love what Atlanta did in Atlanta. Atlanta did in Atlanta. I love what Atlanta did with him and just these, this quarterback situation because um, you got Felipe Franks, who has showed in college incredible arm strength, incredible ability to run and take off under pressure, incredible ability to just create plays with his feet and extend time in the pocket and all sorts of things. And like I said, like arm, great arm strength, miraculous throws, and then he's just not always consistent. No, he still, he still needs to grow. Mm-hmm. He can't consistently make the throws that you need to make at the NFL level to be successful. So, so like I said, I love it though because we got two different types of quarterbacks, two low risk, high reward type players to sit behind Matt, and neither of them hits the practice squad. I, I don't think you could feel safe if either of them did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could definitely easily get poached up. Oh, just they both played pretty well, which was nice to see Franks and Rosen in the Browns game. I mean, I think that's. We saw good things, and that's why they both made the team. Mm-hmm. So bumping over to the running backs, what I said in, in earlier in camp, I said it was going to be Mike Davis, Quadro Olson, Cordell Patterson, and I had Javian Hawkins as being the fourth running back. Little did I know, we were only going to keep three running backs, um, and Hawkins and Huntley uh, both were cut from Atlanta, which was a shocker because I thought Huntley was doing really well. Yeah, it was definitely a shocker. We definitely we both had Javian Hawkins making the team in our original thought. And I think a lot of that was based on the fact that we thought four running backs because Corderell can play running back or wide receiver, right? Mm -hmm. So we thought four running backs, five wide receivers. We ended up being wrong. They went three running backs, six wide receivers. Or you could look at, well, we could go more into tight ends too because they also went three tight ends instead of, I mean, you know, that's a difficult part when you're looking at rosters and what you can do and because they're, you know, if you take away from one spot, it doesn't mean it's going to go to the, to another. So, I mean, I'm still surprised because, like we said, if, if Mike Davis goes down, it feels like it's really only Quadra Olson. Atlanta must feel really comfortable with Cordell or Patterson if he was if he had to take running back snaps. So, yeah, that that's the that's the indicator right there. And I'm hoping that Huntley makes our practice squad because he did play well. I mean, I was shocked that he didn't make the roster today. And I'm hoping Hawkins does too. I mean, Hawkins just got cut from the Titans. So it would be nice to see both of the guys end up back in Atlanta. And then uh, looking at fullbacks, I mean, that was kind of a no-brainer. We, we talked about it before in our tight end and fullback podcast. But Keith Smith was the PFF number one fullback last year. There's no way you cut a guy like that. And I think, too, they're probably thinking in a pinch he could probably play some halfback if they need him to. Yeah, and he seems to be a really well-liked guy on the team. 
and he's good. So yeah, great on special teams. Great, you know, he might be able to line up at some H back tight end type role. So I'm excited to see what they do with him. Moving on to wideouts. So I've been harping for the last couple of weeks because people have been saying that Darby doesn't make the team, and I continue to say. There's no way Darby doesn't make it over Tajay Sharp. I just continue to harp on that. Tajay Sharp, keep, you know, he keeps getting opportunities. He never looks that good to me. And here we are, both of them make the team. Yeah, and I have to say sorry to Darby because I, I was one of the, the naysayers, mm-hmm. right? So I I didn't love the draft pick back in, in the spring. But, hey, I love to be proven wrong. Definitely, and Darby played really well in the Browns game. He was given some targets. He did have one drop, but then he had two really good catches. So um, it's exciting to see. And the other guys, which we both had said, Ridley, Gage, Zacchaeus, and Blake all made the roster, which was not a surprise to any of us. Yeah, well, I was really happy to see Blake make it because mm-hmm. it seemed like with all the receivers they brought in, maybe there was a lack of confidence there. Mm. And I, I really like the way he plays, so yeah. I was really happy to see him make the team. Yeah, his versatility in special teams and on being able to play any wide receiver spot is huge. Now we're looking at tight end. We only cut three tight ends, that being Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, and Lee Smith. Maybe things would have been different if Jaden Graham didn't get hurt, who's the other tight end that I thought we were going to keep. Jaden Graham doesn't go out for the rest of the season. Maybe it's it's a different story, or maybe Parker Hesse just got placed on the COVID list. Maybe he comes off of it, makes the team. And then Ryan Becker also uh, was a guy who got hurt. Maybe we'll see him if he comes off. I'm, I can't remember what his injury was, but maybe we see him come back if, if he comes back from injury. I, I find that one the least likely. But, I mean, he might make practice squad or something. Yeah. Who, kn- who knows? And then neither of us had John Rain making the team, and which you had pointed out John Rain played. He played. He played a lot of snaps. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the practice squad just based on how much they used him mm-hmm. in preseason. I mean, he was he was on the field most of every game. And it's just like John Rain came in as tight end seven, and then tight end four, five, and six all got hurt, ended up on COVID. So I mean, he's sitting here right now. He'd be tight end four. Yeah, if they need him tomorrow, he's tight end four. Yeah. All right, moving on to the offensive line, which I'm not convinced we are done. Uh, I'm not convinced we are done at all. Like there's just not enough. They didn't show us enough at the left guard spot to, for me not for me to feel confident in what's going on here. We need to bring in another guy, whether it be someone who got cut today or DeCastro or something's got to give here because Josh Andrews did not look did not look like he was good enough to play there. Jalen Mayfield, Andrew Dahlman both looked like they were not ready to start. Uh, Mayfield more so than Dahlman, but well, they both got blown back on plays here and there in the preseason. They both just not saying they won't be good eventually. They just really aren't ready. Mm. And as far as you know, what we had called this was exactly what I had said would happen. Jake Matthews, McGarry, Spriggs, Mayfield as. Tackle slash guard, Andrews, Lindstrom, Dalman, and Hennessy. I mean, it's the exact same number of, uh, and the exact same guys that we had talked about in yeah. the past. And I think we're both heartbroken that Newsel didn't make the roster. Oh, oh God. Uh, so it, uh, I loved Ryan Newsel. I loved his tape. Um, I thought that he was, you know, I thought he was going to make it, to be honest. I know. We've been singing his praises each week and. Another player who played well, too, is is Joe Sculthorpe played pretty well. So I'm hoping we see one or both of those guys on the practice squad. 
I, I would really hope so, especially because, like you said, we feel very unfinished at the at the left guard spot. So maybe you give these guys six, seven weeks on the practice squad. Maybe they really develop into at least a semi-starter. Yeah, yeah. So moving over to defensive line, uh, we kept Grady Jarrett, Marlon Davidson, Tyler Davidson, John Kaminsky, and Taquan Graham, which were the five guys that we had talked about. And then Jonathan Bullard also had made his way onto the roster as the sixth defensive lineman. Um, and I say sixth defensive lineman, but he we could see him starting at one of the um, interior defensive line spots. He played fantastic. I mean, he was kind of an afterthought coming into training camp. But, I mean, he played as well as anybody else on that D-line outside of Grady. And it's funny, too, because he's somebody who I loved coming out of college out of Florida. And we signed him, and I was pumped that we signed him. And then as this defensive line kind of unfolded, I was sitting there thinking, like, how does he fit into this roster with John Kaminsky and Marlon Davidson, two guys who I thought were really ready to break out and take over. And both of those guys end up getting hurt opens up opportunity for Bullard and Bullard has kind of since then um, held on to that starting spot next to Tyler Davidson and Grady Jarrett. Yeah. And I don't think he'll be in as many snaps as say Grady and Davidson will be, but I I think you're still going to see a healthy diet of Marlon and Kaminsky, but man, he played, there's no reason to take him off the field sometimes in, Mm -hmm. in preseason. I'm excited. I think this is a very deep group. I think this is a very good uh, good group. I think this might be besides inside linebacker, one of our best overall, one of our best overall just units. <clears throat> I was a little disappointed to see Zach Dog get cut, um especially in the last game. I thought he played really well. Um I'm hoping that we do, he's somebody we do look to bring back onto the practice squad. Yeah, uh he seemed to get better each week. There's not a ton of other guys that we're thinking is going to make the practice squad. Mm -hmm. Especially from the D-line spot. Now looking at outside linebackers, we kept Dante Fowler, JTM, Stephen Means, Ade Ogundeji, and Brandon Copeland, um, who we thought was going to be more of an inside linebacker. Seems like he's taking more of the outside linebacker role. Um, Wouldn't be shocked if we saw some guys go down at inside to see him kind of play a little bit there still. Yeah, he's great because he can play either either one, and I think that really helped him make the roster. Uh-huh. And plus his special teams prowess. So the two guys I want to talk about here is one, um, and I, I already posted about this, but AO, like, he came out and he proved me wrong, so I want to apologize first to him because I was wondering how he was going to be used, and I didn't think he could play some outside linebacker, and he looked really good. Um the things that I questioned are still there a little bit, and that's his explosiveness and flexibility and his ability to bend. But, you know, everything else is there, and, and he's a guy who I really liked coming out of college, just not somebody who I understood where we would use him, and, and I think he's proving me wrong. So, Well, we all thought he was going to take a lot more time to develop. Like We didn't expect anything out of him right away. We thought maybe he'd get to a point like this in a year or maybe two even. But... For him to start off right away, like you have your the concerns, the explosiveness, the bend. Mm-hmm. But he seems to just be productive without it, which is a testament to how hard he works and and what he is good at, he's really good at. So yeah. gr- glad to see that he can come in and play. For sure. 
two guys I do want to mention that we had cut earlier in the preseason, George Obena and Sharif Miller. I really two guys who were much more explosive. Um, George Obena seemed to have more pass rush moves than most of the other players still on this roster. Um, so those were two guys that I was disappointed to see go. Yeah, and some people may be surprised that Kobe Jones got cut mm. because he had the interception. If you're just looking at stats from the preseason game, you're like, hey, this guy, I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. well the interception kind of dropped into his hands. It, it wasn't like he yeah. went I, out and made a phenomenal play. Or I would say, too, I like Kobe, but he seemed like a um, worse version of AO, and I already would prefer to have people who are more explosive than AO is. Yeah. So. Not as surprised to see him go, unfortunately. Now, talking about inside linebackers, um, we we kept four, which I'd said we were going to keep four, being Deion Jones, Foye Lucan, Michael Walker. And then I said Brandon Copeland we were going to keep earlier on. And then we I, we loved the play of the two um, undrafted guys, being Thompson and Etheridge. And Etheridge was the one who ended up sticking around on the roster. Yeah, and I think that that's mainly because he showed a little more in the pass defense. I mean, he and he just played really fast yeah. compared to Thompson. Thompson, like you said, he earlier in the year loved the blitzing. When he hits a hole, he hits it hard. I yeah, mean, Thompson hits the hole well from B gap to B gap, just phenomenal. Um, and then just looked lacking a little bit in pass coverage, which was just unfortunate. He looked a tad too slow a lot of the time. So I would love to see him stick around on the practice squad, possibly even move to fullback because he has that physicality, that straight line speed, um, the ability just to knock people over. So it would be really cool to see him possibly be Keith Smith's replacement as a fullback, just like Keith Smith came in as a linebacker and made that transition. Yeah, I I would love to see him on the practice squad. I think it can only be good for the Falcons to keep him because, you know, maybe later in the season – you're going up against a run-heavy team. You you have the opportunity to elevate somebody. You pull him up if you're going against a power-running team, something yeah. like the 49ers or the Jets. The Jets. I mean, they don't play the Titans this year, so obviously that doesn't matter. But Yeah, and we say the Jets because the Jets, their offense is coming from the 49ers system. Yeah, the Packers um, would be another one. Yeah, so um, hopefully, you know, I'd love to see him get pulled up and play a little bit even. Looking at cornerback slash safety, we kept 11 guys, which was awesome. Um, I wanted to start off by apologizing to Avery Williams. Um, yeah, I'd like know, to apologize as well. You know, we talked about Avery Williams as not being great on defense, and he really didn't show it when he was at Boise State. But man, oh man, like I would not be shocked in the coach's eyes if he was right now a cornerback four. Yeah, he, he was everywhere in preseason. I mean, he got tested continually, and he showed up. Yeah. And I, I didn't expect that at all. No, me either. I mean, with him playing well, Darren Hall seemed like he played well. And, you know, a lot of people a lot of people were disappointed to see Chris Williamson get cut um, because of how highly the coaches talked about him, how much he played. But because of the way our other guys played at cornerback, I wasn't so surprised to see uh, Williamson go. Plus, TJ Green um, also played some corner, and he looked pretty good there. So, like, his – safety cornerback hybrid ability well you talked about well i I guess we all talked about the potential of a fifth safety slash corner making Mm -hmm. it i think i specifically talked about um isaiah oliver maybe filling that role and maybe not really making it as a corner 
So they, they went forward with that type of thinking, clearly, and wanted a hybrid player on the roster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously at safety, too, we talked about Harmon, Grant, Harris, and Hawkins all being just studs. Like, I'm so excited for our future with Grant and Hawkins, and Harmon and Harris look good right now, so I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, they made it a very difficult decision as to who's going to play at safety. I mean, Hawkins played great. Grant yeah. played great. Yep. I mean, Eric Harrison, Deron Harmon probably aren't as comfortable as they felt like they might be coming onto this team. Yeah, yeah. They both probably showed up thinking, oh, we're going to have a good opportunity to start. And Hawkins and Grant are, seems like they're really pushing them. When you look at these two guys, we're talking about Hawkins and Grant. Hawkins has seemed to get the nod over Grant, which was a surprise to everyone because. You know, you draft Richard Grant second overall. I mean, I was talking about Richard Grant coming in and possibly taking a starting spot. But with how good Hawkins has looked, I would not be shocked to see Hawkins getting, um, like, safety three nod. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like I said, tough decision as to what you're going to do. And for Eric Harris, who wasn't able to play in a bunch of the preseason, you're kind of maybe wondering if you might be on the outside looking in at times. Yeah. So – I mean, it's just awesome. Great. I love the depth we have there, and, and hopefully these guys kind of show up and shell out. Now, shocker at kicker. <laughs> yeah. The GOAT himself, Young Way Koo, don't worry. He's still on the team. Um, I know some of you guys were worried. Still waiting to get his cleats back. He's going to be kicking barefoot for a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, now, the punter battle did come down. Um, I think a lot of us thought that it was going to be Hoffricker, but he's off the team now, and we're looking at Cameron Nislak, um, who actually played with Young Way Kugu before. And then, you know, as good old reliable Josh Harris stays on the team as the long snapper. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, I'm hoping we see, you know, we kind of mentioned some of the guys. I'd love to see, you know, Dwayne Johnson back on the practice squad. I'd love to see. Thompson, I'd love to see Huntley, Hawkins, Newsel, Skullthorpe, Zach Daw. Yep, I'd love to see all these guys back on the practice squad. Um, I think they all in the future could add some value to our team. Yeah, we'll, pro- we'll probably see Parker and or John Rain as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Parker Hesse comes off the COVID list if he goes, you know, gets cut, goes on the practice squad. Um, or if he makes the team and they end, end up deciding to cut someone else. so Yeah, and you have to think one wide receiver makes the practice squad too, at least one. Mm. Who do you think? I love Jawan Green. Like I, I'm, I was really disappointed that they cut him. Um, I thought he looked like he played really well in the last preseason game. And we've talked about him before as somebody who dominated at the smaller school level and might just need a little bit more time to kind of elevate his game. Yeah, I, re- I really like the way he played as well, and, you know, we were rooting for him. I I would be concerned, though, that Roland wouldn't be the guy that would make it because of the return chops. Mm. And they clearly put a premium on guys who could return if, as for bringing them in for training camp. So I maybe wonder both, if they, Maybe both of them, or, but also, too, like, I, I get, you got to wonder why Kendall Sheffield is still on the team. You know he didn't look great when he did Pratt when he was practicing. He's been hurt all the the whole preseason. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, I know they talk about him being able to return a little bit. So maybe yeah. that's why he's on the squad. I, I'm not totally sure. Yep, clearly they they see something. 
before we kind of end, was there anything that kind of stood out in the Browns game that we didn't talk about? I mean, we have to talk about Kyle Pitts' play. Yeah, I mean, what, 27 yards? Two yards. Uh, two plays, one target, one catch, 27 yards, I think 28 yards of yak. I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't let him play a preseason again because if he's not going to go down and risk his health, in yeah. preseason, he's not allowed to play. Yeah, anymore. I'm so thankful the preseason's over. That was that was just not. I just wanted him to run out of bounds. Yeah, he doesn't need two or three extra yards. It's take pre-season. a knee. We we know what you can do. You got you got your touch. Like just take yeah. a knee. Yeah. But meanwhile, like he looked like he could be, and I said this from the get go. He looked like he could be a good replacement for Julio Jones, and I don't say that lightly. No, I mean, you can't say that lightly. Julio is one of the best receivers of all time. He just and he just showed that his ability with how big and fast and strong he is, he has the. I'm not going to say he's going to because that's some really big shoes to fill. But he has the opportunity with his skill set, with this offense, that he could he could literally change the game of football. Yeah, he's going to be a real problem on play action. If you, I mean, give him an extra step or two, he's already burning guys. Mm-hmm. This power running play action scheme that. Arthur Smith ran. I mean, obviously it's going to be a little different in Atlanta than it was in Tennessee, but a lot of the basics are still going to be similar. Yeah. You have to think he's just going to thrive. Yeah. yeah, No doubt. No doubt. And I would, I got to imagine he's going to score more touchdowns than Julio. Hmm. Unfortunately, that's not saying much. Nope. (laughs) But part of that, you know, part of that can be from offensive scheme and just other things like that, but we don't, we don't dive into that too much. Um, another thing that I definitely wanted to point out too is Michael Walker and Foyer looked really good. And with Deion Jones being the starter with next to Foyer, I just, we have to see more of Michael Walker on the field. And I, I just can't imagine Dean Pease isn't going to find creative ways to do that. Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I would love to see personally, Michael Walker and Foyer, play some of the inside with Deion Jones moving around into some interesting mm. interesting roles because he, he's so athletic, right? So yeah. there's just a lot more I feel like you can do with him than was done in the past. I mean, just even look at the end of last year. Yeah. He had a bunch of sacks. Not a bunch, but he had four sacks. Four and a half. In, what, six games? No, just like by that. blitzing A-gaps more. Yeah. Why can't you throw him on the edge? Make, let, let a tackle try and keep up with him as he flies around the edge. Yeah. The other thing too is like, and Michael Walker is almost the the opposite, if that makes any sense, in diversity as Deion Jones because, um, yes, he's great in coverage. Yes, he's a super athletic. Yes, he's super fast. But he's also bigger, and he played a little edge outside linebacker in college. So, like, I'm really excited just to see how we kind of utilize those guys not in the preseason because the preseason seems more like, all right, let's see what you can do. Let's get our feet under you. We're not going to show all, all of our cards right now. Yeah, very clearly the Atlanta coaching staff was running more basic offense, more basic defense. Just like you said, we want to see what you can do. Both Arthur Smith and Dean Pease are much more creative than we saw in preseason. This was 100% about evaluation, determining what they wanted to do with their roster, who they want to keep on the practice squad, and kind of making moves from there. Um, And we're going to see September 12th against the Eagles, we're going to see what this Atlanta Falcons coaching staff is really made of. Yeah, they hopefully are made of winning material. (laughs) We can't have another bad season. No, but I, I I would bet on them. 
I would bet on the coaches. I would bet on Matt Ryan. I would bet on the addition of Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Me Also, we haven't seen Deion Jones or Grady Jarrett in action. So we went 0-3 in the preseason, but we weren't trying to, you know, you'd like to win, but evaluation was more important than winning the game. They won in the long term. Yeah, that's that's the hope. So with that, we broke down the 53-man roster. We discussed a couple of the things we liked and we saw in the, from the Browns, and we apologized to some guys that we, I don't want to say counted out, but didn't think as didn't think as highly of as we should have. Yeah, and like we said, we are perfectly okay with being proven wrong, and we love to see it. We want to see guys compete. We want to see them push, yeah. and you know we're not always going to be right. Mm-hmm. I'll quote Ferg: "Prove us wrong. We want you to prove us wrong. If if these guys come out and they're all studs, we'll be so happy. Hundred percent." Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up. Rise up.